Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hey, Blanket Huggers, Stefan here from Fearscape Paranormal Podcast, and do we have a scary good deal for you right now. If you head over to fearscapepodcast.com forward slash Gamefly, you can get a 30-day free trial Gamefly subscription on us. Now, if you're not familiar with Gamefly, it's a game and movie rental service where you can play the hottest video games for systems like the Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, or even the PS4. You can get up to two games or movies out at a time, and you can do that an unlimited amount of times a month. Josh and I love to play our game systems, and I am really enjoying the Final Fantasy VII Remake right now. And if you're like me, games are too expensive to buy and beat in the same weekend. Well, with Gamefly, you can get it and keep a game as long as you need. Then you just send it back and get the next game on your list. So head on over to fearscapepodcast.com forward slash Gamefly today and give it a try. Good evening, dear friends. I am your head mister, Stefan Gearhart. And I am your co-mister, the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And we are the Misters of the Dark. Join us as we discuss everything from horror books, films, and even pretty princesses. (laughs) Join us every other Tuesday in our dilapidated mansion. You never know what's going to happen next. Only on the Fearscape Media Network. (laughs) That's a good laugh. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Happy that you're able to join us as we continue to explore and try to understand the strange phenomenon that seems to exist all over the world. Stefan and I are on a journey, and we share that journey with you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another frightening edition of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, joined as always by my deliciously dusty and dirty co-host, Mr. Josh Rutledge. How are you, sir? If I'm if I'm dusty and dirty, it's only because I just returned from the desert. That's why I said it. That's why I said it. Because <laughs> we were out in the desert. Because uh, you came out to Arizona this week. Um, so much cool stuff to talk about about that. Yep. Um, in fact, that's why today's episode is going to be High Strangeness, the Arizona edition. We're going to be talking about all sorts of weird paranormal stuff in Arizona. Kind of not really a top five or anything list like that. Just no. going over a couple of our favorites or some new ones that we've kind of learned about um just sharing that uh because we've done a lot about kentucky so now it's time to do some of my new home state arizona switching gears switching gears um so yeah so we're going to be talking about some fun stuff because man i'm telling you like this past sunday uh that you were here uh so just a couple days ago uh was the 24th anniversary of the phoenix lights yeah and 
we'll get to it when we get to creepy ketchup, but we saw a light of our own mm-hmm. the night before. Yep. So 24 years ago was the Phoenix Lights, and that's the weekend you were here. <laughs> I know. Very, very and, interesting. And I didn't know that when I picked that weekend. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting, fun episode, man. I'm glad it's you know we get a chance for me and you to just hang for a little bit here. Uh, yep. And uh, super exciting because next week we've got the host of our favorite podcast, which is Penny Royal, Nathan Isaac. So super yeah. excited because, you know, in that first episode, they talk about how Sedona is like the biggest deposit of quartz crystal over here. And Somerset is just at second place. And here we were this past weekend in Sedona. So well, I think it's interesting to have Nathan coming on this week. This you know what week. else I found interesting about um, we and we're not we weren't going to talk about this, I don't think, as part of our, our you know paranormal for Arizona. But um, Phoenix is like one of the largest intersection points of ley lines mm-hmm. i think that's oh. why there's so many ufo sightings and just yeah. cryptids and ghosts oh my yeah. i mean just everything that you could have paranormal is just out here in abundance so yep. um i'm excited uh but anyways let's get moving on uh so we can roll right through i want to get to our first segment of the week which is as usual the psychic word of the week and now, the psychic word of the week. All right, psychic word of the week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary by June G. Bletzer, PhD. Rest in peace, honey bear. Um, we did something a little bit different, um, and this is giving a little bit of a way of creepy ketchup today, but we um, did some Estes sessions whilst in Sedona. Um, and some Ouija whilst in Phoenix and Sedona um, and lots of cool stuff came up but one of the things was that came up was the number 749 so we're like oh go to that page in the psychic dictionary so we go to that and that's we're like oh that's one of the appendices so it just lists psychic gifts and psychic type stuff um, <laughs> and so uh, the the though I said screw it we'll look at it and see if we can find it in the actual dictionary and the word that came up was alien voice Ooh. Ooh, and so immediately I was like, oh, I'm an alien. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be like the trippy voice and how they tease. No, that's not, that's not what it that's is. That's not it. No, that's not what it is. Uh, but here is alien voice actually on page 15, which is breaks down to six, which is derivative. Yeah. Yeah is uh, alien voice, a.k.a. in a trance. Uh, It says, an etheric world intelligence speaking through a medium using the tone and quality of his or her own voice from the memory of a past incarnation as opposed to using the medium's voice. Hmm. Now, this is interesting. That is very interesting. Primarily because the number 749 came while you were in a trance in an Estes session where I use an alien where voice. you use a different voice. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's not my voice. It's, it's not your voice. It's like a weird, very low. Yeah. Cause I've heard it. It creeps me out, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like zero emotional too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like, you know, the, the Bashar guy was like, Hey everybody, I, I'm a used car salesman on the so weekend. Funny. But I'm I, was also just, a- I was just thinking about that the other day. Cause <laughs> I was going back and listening to, um, the uh where i channeled in uh point pleasant i was just kind of listening to that and i was thinking about bashar and i'm like good lord they are the complete opposite (laughs) 
Because, like, Bashar, yeah, just like you said, he's like, come, come on down, Monday, 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 hey, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, I want to eat your soul. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like um, if the uh, if the machine from um, War Games, maybe you're channeling that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So. Um, but, yeah, so Alien Voice, very, very interesting. I never really thought, you know, of course, that it would have a, a term. But, yeah, that makes sense. It's a voice that is not of your own. Right. It is it, alien, not in the form, not in the sense of extraterrestrial. Yeah. Just alien in that it's not your own voice. Well, and again, of course, you brought up, you know, Bashar. But, I mean, that Bashar's voice is very different than um, the oh, yeah. handler, uh, for sure. So. For sure. Oh, show. Oh, show. Um, anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> alien voice, ladies and gentlemen, alien voice. Um, so we're going to go quickly move on because uh, we don't need to spend much time because all this is going to be a creepy catch up. So let's yeah. get into our UAP sighting of the week. All right, Josh, our UAP sighting of the week, UFO sighting of the week. What do we got this week? Where is it coming from and what's happening? Yeah, so I picked this one from uh, Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, this actually occurred on March 8th um, at 11, 12 a.m. I was out in the front yard with my dogs for a potty break. The time was 11 a.m. After some time of playing with the dogs, I managed my way around the yard and was heading back to the front door. I looked up and noticed the sky was clear, except for some jet exhaust. I wanted to see how far it had expanded and cleared up. I looked over the treetops, and very high in the sky, I noticed a reflective light, like a little tiny mirror in the sky. I thought it was worse when someone had let go of the balloon. I was waiting for it to just go out of sight into the atmosphere, but it hovered in one space for a few minutes. So I went back inside, grabbed my cell phone to take pictures and record. I couldn't believe it was still there. It started moving south and into a pretty straight path in the sky. I got a better look at it. Silver, red, silver, red, reflecting light. But I couldn't swear it wasn't making its own light. Around 11.40, I had to go back inside to work. I texted the videos to some friends and got some feedback on what they thought it was. As I lived across the mountain from the only airport in Charleston, I heard there was a no-fly zone for drones or anything unauthorized by the airport. I went back out about an hour later and it was gone. During the 30 minute I was watching it, it moved around, but very slowly, sometimes staying on silver light and briefly red. I've racked my brain on what this could be. It seemed to have a round body and tails floating below it. Excuse me, tails floating below it? Which, I mean, I like, so I she uploaded the video, I've watched it. It's on MUFON for anybody who's a MUFON member. Um, and it's, I mean, I can't see the tails, but I could definitely see what looks just this weird, kind of like silver, you know, reddish thing. It's just kind of 
uh, rotating and, and toppling around end over end, um, and it, but like staying in one place. Hmm. And that that reminds me of that you know what we saw uh, this past weekend too. Yeah, interesting. So, um, yeah, I don't know that you know the tails coming down could just been like an, an extension or you know and and like we i think we've talked about it before i know you and i have talked about it before in general but i think we've talked about on the on the show before too that like the human eye is something ridiculous like you know one million megapixels which is like most cameras on a cell phone unless you have the the s20 and most cameras on a cell phone are like 20 megapixel cameras right so i mean it's it's no way shape or form ever gonna pick up what your eyes can see so like don't ever go look at this video and say i don't see any tails you know she must have been making the whole thing up because what you see with your eyes is completely different than what you see on a phone so but yeah um very interesting uh also i hope that her dogs were having the potty break in the yard and not you know something. <laughs> not some neighbor <laughs> <laughs> excuse me yeah Y'all mind getting out of my yard? I'm trying to get abducted. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's odd that uh, we're going to talk about Arizona, how strange is there seems to be so much of it, and yet, you know, we happen to pick a, a UAP sighting from West Virginia, which also has a lot of high strangeness. Right. So. Well, it's interesting because uh, tell them how you decided on West Virginia, which I think is it reminds me of the color wheel, the way you did it. Yeah, so when you're going to MUFON and you pick, you know, what you, what you want to look for your, for your filter, I decided to pick, since we're going to cover Arizona tonight on the show, Arizona was the third entry on the state list, so I went to the third from the bottom on the state list, which happens to be West Virginia. So Arizona was the third from the top. We're going to talk about that and all its high strangeness, so I wanted to do somewhere else other than Arizona. 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 So, <laughs> so, See, that, so, so like like their uh complimentary colors, it's complimentary high strangeness. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Arizona could definitely be some sort of a like a hair band uh you know tour or something. Oh like, yeah. Go around. For sure. For sure. I would I would listen to that. <laughs> Bigfoot encounter. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something to that effect. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's get off this topic because I know everybody wants to know what the hell happened to us while you were here in Arizona. So, let's get moving straight into dun, 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 creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy. All right, creepy ketchup. We are going to be discussing what has uh, happened to us over the last week. And so uh, both of us didn't have a whole lot going on. And then you came to Arizona. And boy, oh boy, did we have a packed weekend. Not the packed weekend we wanted to because here Josh decides that he's not digging scorpions. So he says, well, I'm trying to come on the coldest weekend of the year. And then it snows. Yeah. Um, It was literally 86 degrees two days before he gets here. He gets here. It's 45 degrees and snowing up in Sedona. I'm like, I hate you so much. 
Uh, when it was like a, it, like we had a, it was a freaking squall. Yeah, we got, we had to like get out. We couldn't even take the car. They shut down the highway when we yeah. were in Sedona. We couldn't even go to the metaphysical store go. we wanted to go yeah, to. Yeah, all the shops were closing because everybody was rushing home and Ugh, crazy. Crazy, man. But, um, but, you know, we, but we got, you know, so we got quote unquote trapped in the hotel for a few hours and did some cool, um, uh, tarot stuff got a, got some really interesting great information from that yeah um, so not only was it us but uh my sister the medium trisha she was there as well as my wife my wife came up too and uh got involved in all of the stuff which was really yeah. cool for me um because that was really one of the first times um that she really got involved in that so i was super excited about it so. yeah so i mean i i guess if you could probably boil it down to um well, let's let's break it down for so the first night i was out there was friday um and we went out uh to do some ce5 with our good friend uh shane hurd uh mm-hmm. the mufon uh, investigator guy you know wrote, wrote that awesome book um and uh so we went out uh found a, a little empty place in the middle of nowhere and and drove out there and set up all of our equipment and did um ce5 um and we got something i mean yeah so first of all let me just tell you so it's raining okay so already so uh, jeremy mcgowan was originally going to come out and bring osiris but then he had some other things that came up which i'm glad he did now because it's super cloudy and it was kind of right. not as advantageous as we thought it was going to be um and so you know shane's like who cares let's do it anyways let's see what we can find and i was like yeah you know what because andrea parent always says cloudy days are the best time to see ufos and we had the night vision camera so we're like hey if we do the ce5 initiative we should see things like stephen greer talked about it yeah. doesn't matter they're you know under the uh different type of light anyways and so that's what we did and yeah shane's like i know this spot up north of phoenix out by close to where i'm at and uh we went out there went out to this cow patch um it was a uh, definitely cool had mountains in the back of us and to the right of us and uh it was uh <laughs> it was creepy and kind of rainy and the like the clouds were just kind of hanging there yeah. but like over to like the right i don't know what direction we were in at all um but i think it was the northwest was uh this big ominous black cloud that just hung there like yeah in the midst of the normal like rain white clouds that were just well, living and, there for hours it stayed there and we had we had my uh my seek thermal camera set up um pointing at that kind of area like on the ridge and it was crazy because you could actually see like the the extreme cold uh blackness if you will on the thermal mm-hmm. coming up over the mountain i mean it was just it was so eerie. I mean, it was so, you know, the, the, I would say that the air temperature down where we were was like, I mean, probably right around 39 or, you know, somewhere right in there. Um, but in that cold, really dark, cold area, it was like in the close, getting close down to the 20s. So, yeah. Um, it got so cold at one point, Shane just jumps up and he's like yo i just got the chills like i mean we were in the middle of a conversation i think he was even looking through the night vision cam at one point and i mean it hit him like a break right. the face and he's like he was like so if you guys look over here oh my god I got chills. i'm gonna go into the jeep yeah, <laughs> I was like, he, oh my god you like you you had that superman blanket and he got all wrapped up and sat in the jeep for a little bit but yep. yeah i mean it was um 
Yeah, that was. But I mean, before before all that, and that's when we were starting to kind of wrap up. I think. Yeah, it was just. I just wanted to share it to embarrass him because it was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But but before all that, um, you know, so we we had done the whole CE five protocol, and for anybody who's not aware of the sequence of things, so you play these series of tones. Like if you get the CE five app, which is like ten dollars, I think, um, in the Google Play Store. I don't know what it is on Apple. For all I know, it's free on Apple, but. but it's ten dollars on the Google Play Store, and it takes you through the series of doing the CE5 protocols. And so, you know, the first thing is it plays this uh, series of tones for, you know, ten to fifteen minutes, and you're supposed to broadcast them over a radio. So I had bought, or not bought, but uh, brought a CB uh, radio. We broadcast it over like channel six or something for about fifteen or twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, then it goes into a meditation where you're supposed to like basically put yourself out in the universe to see if you can make contact with some extraterrestrial beings. Um, and then once you think you have, then you just continually tell them kind of where you are. You tell them where you are in the galaxy, where you are in the solar system, where you are on the planet, so on and so forth, all the way down to your very local spot. Then um, once you've done that, you just kind of talk amongst yourselves about you know your experiences while doing the meditation, and then you wait and see if anything shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, we had been talking, you know, about you know, what we saw in the meditation. You know, I, I mentioned that I'd seen um, uh, two species, one that looked uh, both looked rather rep, uh, insectoid in nature. Yeah. Um, and that uh, and then um, another one that looked almost bat like, you know, like big, big ears and big dark eyes and things like that, almost like a bat like uh, creature. Um, I actually saw one that looked uh, very um, spider-like, but then I started freaking out, thinking that a tarantula was going to crawl on my leg, and it kind of interrupted my meditation <laughs> a little bit. So, <laughs> um, but then you saw something. You saw two, right, in your meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, one that was like a, a tall, lanky arm, um, whitish, grayish looking, like a tall gray. And then what was it like one had a bunch of eyeballs or something? Yeah. So the way that I described it to, <laughs> to Shane was, is like, you know, the fake vomit at like the, uh, at the joke stores and stuff. Yeah. Like imagine that, but like 50 times as big, like maybe the size of a kind of a normal sized bedroom, not a giant bedroom, but like a normal sized bedroom filling pretty much most of that kind of chunky and brown, but really flat and thin at the same time. But then it was covered in hundreds of eyeballs and not similar eyeballs. They were all different types of eyeballs, human eyeballs, animal eyeballs, weird goat eyeballs, what I would consider alien eyeballs, like just the weirdest, just so many different types of eyeballs. And it was just eerie and weird. <laughs> so so, so when, when, we get, when we get to the Ouija session, um, remind me, say eyeballs and then I'll, okay because I'm, I'm just now drawing a i'm drawing a correlation that i want to talk about so so anyway so we did that we talked about it you know i think shane said you know shane said he got really the feeling like he was floating yeah which, um, yeah and i said i did too did it. yeah like um like weightlessness like i legit felt like weightlessness and i was scared to open my eyes because i was worried you know there's this kid imagination part of me that's like what if I'm actually not in my chair right now? If I open my <laughs> eyes, I fall and I'm right. Yeah, you know, you're like uh, 
like Robin Williams in the Hook movie when he like mm-hmm. almost loses his happy thought, you know. So, yep. <clears throat> but anyway, so you know, we stood around to talk for a little bit, and then Shane happens to notice this really bright light off in if if the cloud was coming from the northwest for 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 purposes of of, of uh, identification, I'm gonna say um, the the light was in the northeast. Um, and it was like this really, really bright light. And I mean, Shane even said he felt like it was somebody like carrying a flashlight or a spotlight walking or, towards yeah, us. Yeah, or almost it was like that a lantern, bright. like a yeah. like a, a modern day lantern with the yeah. halogen. Like it, right. it's exactly. And I was looking at it too, like to the point where I was trying to be quiet to listen to see if I could hear a train yeah. horn because it almost struck me as like a train light, but it wasn't really moving. But then at times it felt like it was moving. But it wasn't changing in size, right? So it's like you could tell it was like moving, yeah. but not changing in size, if that makes sense. Yep. And then so like you were you had the uh, night vision and you were watching it with the night vision. You could see it on the night vision and it was just, as, you know, it's super bright on the night. Vision. But we could see it with the naked eye, too. And then all of a sudden it went out. Right. And then you and then and then you now, no longer saw it on the night vision. We no longer let- saw it with the naked eye. Right now, let me add on top of that. I did also see two other lights around it that we could not see with the uh, naked eye. I could only see them, so we assumed it was an IR light. Correct? Yeah. Is that what it is? Um, what and so, you know, it was weird that we were seeing that light on both things. So I assumed that when that big light dropped, I'd still be able to see it, and you guys wouldn't. Yeah, but Which that, that didn't was happen. not the case. And then. Um, like maybe what 10 minutes later or something like that it showed up again just as bright but only visible on the ir on the ir yeah it was so weird like i i don't know and in the same location and everything so i'm gonna skip ahead just a little bit and say that when we left that area we drove to try to find where that was coming from Mm -hmm. and we you know shane had his had his compass and we were like you know pretty much going to where it where it would have been and there was nothing there there's like there's no buildings there there's no lights there there's there's nothing there we thought maybe it's somebody else's ranch you know that maybe it's a security Security camera or something literally where it was is in the middle of of nowhere and there's nothing else there like there's no we checked google earth it stretches for miles of nothing right so yeah, I mean it is, uh, and there like there's no there's no airport out in that direction. There's no, I mean there is an airport near the area, but there was no airport in that direction. We checked our flight status things. It wasn't an airplane. Like it didn't, it didn't. Well, it was too move. low, anyways, to be. And yeah. it wasn't the road there because we, you know, the road was in a different direction. There's well, and no then, road that way, like, and the road would have been cutting across, like the way the way we were positioned, it would have cut mm-hmm. across it. It wouldn't have been coming at us. So yeah, I mean there was there was literally nothing there to explain um what what we saw. And the fact that like I said it went invisible to the naked eye but still visible to IR, but it was that bright. I mean it was I used to I used to carry a 1 million candle power um spotlight in my car when I delivered pizza. Uh because some houses would be set so far back off the road you couldn't make out an address. Yeah. And a little winky dinky flashlight just wasn't cutting it. So I used to cut it was like it plugged into a cigarette lighter and you could shine it, you know, a spotlight. So that was one million candle power. I know what that looks like from far off. This was brighter than that. 
And like I said, it didn't move, but it moved. Like it moved, but it didn't grow, which it no. Should. It seemed like like or Shane, it didn't grow or lessen, but it looked like right. it was coming towards us, but staying the same size. It seemed to sway as if you're walking, and the walking movement would cause the light to sway back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. And but I mean, it, so it seemed to sway, and that's why I think Shane said he felt like it was somebody walking towards us. But again, there was nobody there. And I mean, this he was. was so, he was getting chills up his spine, no pun intended. Ha ha, he got cold. <laughs> um, but like he was worried, and I was too, that this something was going to all of a sudden come moving real fast yeah, coming fast, at like, us, and right. we were going to have to run. Like that's kind of what it felt like too. I mean, I got super nervous too, but luckily I was recording with the, uh, the night vision cam, so we do have the image of it going out, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm going to get that up on YouTube in a little bit, so mm-hmm. – but uh, so, yeah, that was just Friday. <laughs> so needless to say, like that happened. Plus, there were coyotes near us, which is super cool. These owls. And then I got one of those cactuses that jump at you like they <laughs> lay on the ground. They're these little small ones. Man, it jabbed right into my shoe, into my foot. Oh, oh it hurt, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was still fun, though. We had a really great time with Shane. Um, so just shout out to Shane Hurd. Yeah. Uh, MUFON field investigator in Phoenix, Arizona. What a great guy. What a great time. And I'm excited to hang with him more. I can't wait for those MUFON meetings to start up so I can go hang with him some more. (laughs) So, and then, so yeah, so that was, so that was Friday night. Uh, We went, what was really to to cap Friday night off though. So we'll go back to your apartment and you get out your new UFO tarot deck. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. hadn't hadn't even flipped. I hadn't mean, I even, just kind of briefly looked at it once and then put it in the drawer. Yep. So you, so you pull it out of the 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 box. The first card you turn over or you turn to, I I cut it. You cut it right. Yeah. The very first card is an insectoid looking uh, figure on the card, mm-hmm. and the very next card is I cut the it figure. Again. That looks like what you one of the what I saw, saw, and we looked at each other like, "Shut up!" I mean, <laughs> I just cut it twice just to kind of look at a card, look at a card for funsies, and yeah, it was the insectoid and the very tall gray, but it, it was more gray like what I saw than what yeah. you would think with the big black eyes and things like yeah. that. Oh, this was the tall, skinny gray, and it had smaller eyes. It was crazy. It was just what yeah. a weird. I'm going to say coincidence or synchronicity. No, synchronicity. <laughs> I've stopped looking at things as coincidental. Good. Good. So, but anyway, so that was Friday. Um, Saturday, we got up, uh, got ready to head up to Sedona. Um, like, went out, got your sister, drove back, did all the packing stuff, and mm-hmm. started hit the road to head up to Sedona. Um, I, I will say I don't think anything really happened on the way up, uh, even once we kind of got in, because we were just so focused on like getting there, getting there especially because it was starting to snow and rain oh, yeah, and some yeah. things like that. Because the car we had rented, the windshield wipers, wipers didn't work, so yeah. that was <laughs> convenient. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one weekend you're here, the one weekend it rains is the weekend we get a car that has no that windshield, windshield, windshield wipers. wipers. <laughs> yeah. So, like we sprayed on Rain-X. And we did. That it like worked. blast blasted the windshield with the defroster, so it would keep it nice and warm. So anything that hit the windshield would melt and just rain exit off. So I thought I was gonna have to have you like reaching around the window and and wiping the mm-hmm. you know. just like when I was a, a kid. Yep. So <laughs> so then we get to Sedona. Um, so later on in Sedona, like I said, after the 
the crazy uh, dip and dot hail uh, that Sedona got in the squall. <laughs> um, we go back to the room and we decide to do some tarot. So uh, your sister Trisha did a read for me. I'm not going to go through the details of it because it was rather personal, but it was an um, an amazing read. Um, so much, so very much insightful. Um, so much beneficial for me and for my wife and for our situation, mm-hmm. uh, for our journey. Um, then, you know, she did a read for Sarah, a read for you. You did one for her. So we did all that kind of stuff with Tara. I mean, we were on point. And I think a lot of it was because the courts, Chris. Yeah. I mean, we could all feel that. We energy. could feel the energy. I mean, there were several times where I was just hit <laughs> with like a wave of just energy over my. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It, we looked outside, looked at the weather. Hey, it was starting to clear up. So we decided to just kind of go out and drive in and see if we could get somewhere where we could see some stars. So we drove up um, this mountain area, and we found a little pull-off. We parked the Jeep. Um, it had a soft top, so we, like, opened the, the soft top, blasted the heat because it was, like, 35 degrees. <laughs> well, I mean, for the most part, the sky had yeah. cleared up. So yeah. And I mean, and it was just an amazing, I mean, I I had never seen that many stars before in my life. I know me and Trisha and Sarah were like, "Mm, this is kind of okay. Cause we, (laughs) cause we had been out to Prescott and uh, outside of Grand Canyon and stuff where it's like three times that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but I mean, we saw, we again, saw some really interesting things. Um, At one point in time, we did some Estes sessions out there. Uh, I did one, uh, then you, then your sister did one. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy when your sister did one. Uh, the audio recorder, uh, the digital recorder didn't record. Yeah, it didn't record, which was crazy. Like we, we, I, like you saw me press the record button. Mm-hmm. I handed it to, to your, to your wife and she held it back there to record it. And when I went back to look at the audio file, no audio file. None. So, Weird. um, but, uh, while you were doing your Estes, uh, you channeled, which you said some things there. But also, what I don't think you know, because you were had the headphones and all on, is that Trisha identified a light that was flashing. Mm-hmm. And I got that on IR. And it was like, when you actually look at it on the IR cam, it is a rhythmic flash. Yeah. It's a repeating rhythmic flash. Which was definitely odd. Yeah. So I'll also be uploading that to YouTube in a few days. Um, and what's and it actually actually corresponds a little bit to some of the stuff you were seeing in your Estes session. Like you actually said a blinking light. And then that's when it started blinking. So, I don't remember that stuff, man. Well, I know you don't because, you know, but even when I'm before I start channeling, I don't remember that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, yeah, so we got that. Um I think that was pretty much all that happened Saturday night. Sunday, we got up. Um, we did a whole hell of a lot of driving on Sunday. Oh, um, my gosh. Don't even want to talk about it. So, Here's the thing. Let me just go ahead and backwards this here for a minute. The weekend could be defined by hashtag delayed, hashtag not what you think it's going to happen. Like, <laughs> it's just essentially basically it it was like every time we would try to plan anything it would go south or go just in a different direction not be what we planned but always turned out to be really good yeah you know even your flight home got delayed (laughs) 
mean? <laughs> right. And you like, you know, it's just like it, this whole weekend was just nothing going the way that we were planning at all. But nothing going the way we were planning, but still working out. For like, sure, yeah. I had a fantastic week. My sister and I and my wife were talking about what a fantastic, fun-filled weekend we had. Like, and it was different than normal, and it was just so much fun. Had a blast. So, um, I think to wrap up then for the creepy ketchup, uh, unless you've had anything since that weekend, Mm-mm. is would be would be Sunday night. So this is the night before I left. We did a Ouija session. <clears throat> had some. Uh, really interesting stuff come through on Ouija as it relates to uh, the journey, as it relates to our right, show. We did that at Trisha's house. Right. Uh, um, had some personal things come through that I won't talk about. But um, but the stuff that like relates to the show, like we got information that said we should look at, in, at the salt flats. Yeah. Uh, and then it said UT, which we interpreted as Utah. Because, right, because the big salt flats are in Utah. Right. But then it later said ETUT. Right. So then we're thinking like extraterrestrial, ultraterrestrial. Right. And we also had, I don't know if it was the same uh, person on the board or not, but also told us that it was important that we go to Colorado. Yeah. And so well, that, what did you find in Colorado, Josh? What did I find in Colorado? Salt the flats. Estes Flats. Yeah. Estes oh, Flats in Colorado. That also borders the roosevelt national forest which roosevelt came up in a ouija session mm-hmm. right before you moved which is what led us to roosevelt uh lake lake yeah arizona so yeah i mean it was uh, very interesting and then um what was the other we we got a visitor on the ouija board who we had before at my house before oh, you yeah. moved oh yeah gregory mm-hmm who had uh, lived 34 lives and had last died in 1987. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that, that, that Gregory said in the Ouija session is, I see all. Now, I told you I was going to talk about your all-eyed alien mm. thing that you saw. <laughs> Ooh, that just gave me the Shane Heard chills. <laughs> <laughs> So we asked, uh, I think Trisha asked, how does he see all? And he just said, because I do or something like that. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and then Get over it, pal. <laughs> today I was listening to uh, your channel from your rest of the session. And you said in your channel, this is how I see. Which, which the channel, of course, would have happened after the, you know, what you saw in the meditation. But it, but it now starts to like line up, if you will. Starts gelling together. You, yeah, like like a pile of puke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which you see this thing that has covered eyeballs. Then you have an essay session that says, "This is how I see." Then Gregory says, "I see all." Mm-hmm. And if you had, if you saw all, you might have an eyeball from every different species that exists yeah. ever. Yeah. Weird. Wonder if I'm channeling Gregory. Well, I thought that too. I don't know, but are we going to talk about Trent? I don't know, because I don't have any information to, to provide. We, just, well, the, can... just the synchronicity there. Just okay. the synchronicity. So, in your uh, also that came up in your channel, um, in your Estes, you said um, Trent Howard suddenly important. 
then when we did the Ouija session Sunday night, so again, this, the Estes was um, Saturday night. The Ouija session was Sunday night. We did the Ouija session Sunday night. Our very first contact was a, a entity calling themselves Vernon. And they said, watch out for Trent. Deity in human form. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So <laughs> wait, so maybe the eyeball thing is Trent. <laughs> Well, maybe Grigori is reincarnating as Trent. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Very interesting. I love but like still, when stuff like that yeah. happens because I don't, you know, I don't pay attention to that stuff like you do. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like when you're like, oh, Grigori, we've had him before. I'm like, oh, this isn't Rasputin. <laughs> I'm already excited because I'm like, yay, my first famous person on the Ouija board. <laughs> nope. So, yeah. Well, it's, you know, the curse of the memory, man, I'll tell you. Yeah, very, very cool, man. Well, needless to say, it wasn't what we expected nor what we wanted, but it turned out to be very fun and very insightful. And I think that a lot of this is going to play into our journey later on. Yeah. So, Like I was saying, you know, earlier today, you know, I feel like we should just go back every couple of months and listen to all of our past recorded Estes and Ouija and any of that kind of stuff and see... What what things were said six months ago or a year ago that we didn't we didn't know how they were relevant that are relevant now you know yeah for sure um, well we won't uh, dwell labor on this <laughs> yeah so we can get moving on because we're gonna be talking about Arizona high strangeness and we've already been rolling for a little bit here so uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick ad break. Uh, so that you can listen to our ads (laughs) Um, no so we can do our due diligence here Um, but once we get back uh, we will be talking about high strangeness the arizona edition you've heard us talk about all the amazing books we've been able to listen to on audible everything from fiction to sci-fi to true crime and more Audible is the leader in the audiobook industry with a library of over 200,000 audiobooks. Start listening now by going to fearscapepodcast.com slash audible. All right, we are back. Thank you for sticking around uh, past the break. And uh, Josh, what do we got? So like we said, we are celebrating the fact that A, we hit 24 years since the Phoenix Lights and B, the fact that you were just in Arizona. So we wanted to talk about some high strangeness uh, out of the Arizona section of weird United States. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to basically pull together. I pulled together uh, some hauntings, uh, some haunted places, you know, just some strange activities, some cryptids. Um, I think though the Jersey Devil is on vacation this week, so I don't think he'll show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, yeah, he. I told him you were coming, but you were going to meet us in not Arizona but Alaska. Yeah, good call on that. Yeah. Um, so he's probably up there like frozen, hanging yep. out with a Wendigo. So. Yep. Yep. Well, he's got friends up there. Yeah. You know. So, anyways. Um, so yeah, the first thing on the list for tonight is the Hotel Monte Vista. And this is in Flagstaff. Um, So the reason why I bring this up is because it is one of the oldest 
uh, hotels in Arizona. It's uh, just off of historic Route 66. Um, it's got you know mountains and uh, canyon countries. I mean, it's just a very iconic, uh, you know, hotel for mm-hmm. the area. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it was actually built in like the early 1920s. Uh, it's got 73 rooms. It's actually still a hotel. I mean, you can go stay in it now. Um, it was. It used to host a radio station um, in this uh, in, in 1927. Um, by, and it was actually hosted by Mary Costigan, who was the second woman in the world ever to be granted a radio broadcasting license. Oh, that's cool. Um, but uh, but kind of the reason why it's being pulled in um, for our discussion point is because of the haunt, the mm-hmm. ghost stories. So before we get to actually who has... Um, or the haunts for each room. I do want to call out that there's been some fazi- fa- uh, famous people who have stayed there over the years. So Bob, oh, yeah, Hope, every well, it's funny because everyone thinks that Arizona is just home to UFOs, but it's haunted as all get out. I mean, yeah. there are twenty thousand mines here from the ages of just people that have died, plus the Native Americans. Yeah, well, oh, there's good lord, there's a lot. It was actually a really big bootlegging location um, in in Flagstaff, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine all the people who died, you know, running whiskey and stuff. So, oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, so it's really cool if you if you go to the Hotel Monte Vista, like if you ever want to go and stay, you can go to their page and it'll actually tell you some of their famous guests and what rooms they've stayed in. So like, Bob, I like that. I like that. So like Bob Hope uh, stayed, um, and he was in two hundred three and two hundred four. Of course, he would take up two. Um, <laughs> he's Bob Hope. He's got to have a place for his freaking uh, golf clubs. <laughs> Bing Crosby, uh, Michael J. Fox. Um, I'm probably going to butcher this name. Susie Sue. God bless you. The lead singer of the Susie and the Banshees. Oh, yeah. Susie and the Bandits. I like there. That's a good. That's a good. Ban- Banshees. 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 Sorry. <laughs> That's a good um, new wave kind of um, almost new wave punkish type. Yeah, great, great music. So then you get into uh, the haunted rooms. Um, so if you want to stay in room two twenty, for example, uh, then you can uh, meet the Meat Man. <laughs> I already don't want to meet the Meat Man. <laughs> like um, that's a hard. So pass. the Meat Man was a long-term border in the early um, 1980s who was known to hang raw meat from the chandelier. Um, All right. It says that a maintenance... uh, Let's see. um, And the lodger was found in his room... Oh, sorry. In the 1980s, the lodger was found in his room three days after his death. Not long after the boarder's death, the maintenance worker was working on a few repairs. When in need of a new fixture, he left the room, turned the lights off, and locked the door. Returning only a few minutes later, he found the television on at full volume, and the linens on the bed had been ripped and scattered around the room. 
Today, it is common for the television to act on its own accord, as well as reports of cold male hands touching guests in their sleep. I want to rub your back. (laughs) Uh, So, um, room 305, the rocking chair. Uh, featured in many paranormal shows and popular amongst curious get, uh, curious guests, room 305 is by far the most active room in the hotel. There are numerous reports of seeing a woman in a rocking chair near the window. Guests in housekeeping have reports of seeing the chair move by itself and knocking coming from inside the closet. History oh. tells us that years ago, an oh. elderly... <laughs> no, el- stay out of my closet. <laughs> An elderly woman who was a longtime renter would sit by the window for hours on end. No one knows what she was looking at or for why. Could it be she was waiting for someone to return even in death? Again, stay out of my closet. That I'm already scared there's monsters in there. <laughs> well, it's it, but it's really interesting again that there's a closet mentioned here, and you know, your whole thing with the closet at your dad's house. I no, remember. Mary Taylor's. Well, but you said it was like someplace else, your grandparents maybe had a closet at the bottom of like stairs with a with a mirror on it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was that would be my dad's um house later on in life as well as my great grandmother and my friend Nikki because it was a common design. So actually yeah. I've known a number of people with that exact same house. So, we've also got the Phantom Bellboy. Uh hotel guests have reported a knock at their door and a muffled voice announcing room service. When guests open the door, no one is present. <laughs> um, they've actually, actually, some guests have seen a figure of a bellboy standing outside of room 210. Uh, John Wayne experienced the ghost during a few of his stays. Uh, I wonder how he handled that because he was one of those dudes that tried to be exactly how he was in the movies yeah, in no. real life. Like, right. You know, he tried to pretend that's who he always was. So, I mean, I can't imagine him, but I bet you, like, behind the scenes, he's like, oh, no, I got to get out of here. And he opens the door. like, howdy, partner. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think, I don't, I can't imagine John Wayne being scared. That, uh, exactly. That's my point. But he yeah. is legit in real life. He just hot, he just hit it. Do you think he's scared or do you think he was like, he just shot the ghost? He knows better. He's John Wayne. You can't shoot a ghost. <laughs> they don't even have vocal cords. You can if you shoot it with a spirit bullet. <laughs> oh, okay. If you had a ghost gun. You just go to the Winchester house and you find them all over the place. Jeez. Okay. So uh, one last uh, uh, story for this particular hotel. Uh, baby in the basement. This is the disturbing sounds of an infant. Crying in the basement have been heard again and again. Reported primarily by maintenance and laundry personnel, this is one of the most disturbing encounters. Staff have found themselves running upstairs to escape the sound of the cries. Though the sounds are very real to those who hear them, there has been no information that has explained this phenomenon. Mm. So part of me wonders if that's a lure. Sure. Like, but a lure to get you know because it it's also reminds me 
and in I was wondering if I would be able to go an episode without talking about Hellier, but I can't. So it reminds me <laughs> of the talking about you know, in the caves though in Hellier, like hearing baby cries up in the mountains, and it's like a lure to get you to come up there to investigate so that you know they can chow down on some human flesh. So mm, gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, so that's that is the Hotel Monte Vista. And by the way, that is a tip of the iceberg account of the Hotel Monte Vista. I mean, it's just we're just lightly touching on it so that you can go and stay there and have your own experiences. Yeah. Um, and since that's local to you guys, yeah. you know, in Flagstaff, maybe you can y'all can go stay there. That'd be cool. Maybe the next time I come in, we can go stay there. And, yeah, there's a couple, you know, uh, that, the Jerome Grand, uh, you know, yeah. there's a number of, I think there's one in Phoenix, too. There's supposed to be this haunted hotel. Um, uh, just COVID has made me not really start looking into, like, Phoenix-related yeah. haunting stuff because you got to be indoors. So I'm really ready for this to go out. So, yeah. So uh, switching gears, and by the way, these are in no particular order, um, but switching gears a little bit, I'd like to talk about a cryptid. Uh, that is uh, best known for the Arizona area, and that is the Arizona Thunderbird. Oh yeah, the uh, the Thunderbird. Not to be confused with the Quetzalcoatl, which I thought were one and the same, but learned I think on our show sometime we kind yeah. of briefly touched on it. They are not the same thing. No, and that so it's interesting too that you mentioned Quetzalcoatl because I think Quetzalcoatl is actually a Mayan god. Um, I want to say, I think that sounds right. Like it's, it's the bird headed man. Yeah. It's a big guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, but yes, yeah, not the same thing. So <clears throat> this, uh, the, you know, so the story goes like this, that two, uh, cowboys sighted an enormous flying creature in the Arizona desert in April of 1890. The beast had the body of a serpent, immense wings, two clawed feet, and the face of an alligator. The men got as close as their skittish horses would allow and then chased the bird on foot. That's that's the balls to the wall right there. That you gotta come across that thing in the desert. Mm-hmm. Get off your horse and chase it. <laughs> I mean Yeah, no, I'm gone. Yeah. If like, it's that big, I can catch footage from it from away. Well, it's eighteen ninety, there's no footage being caught. I mean they could have cameras. I mean, I know you got to stay in there for like 14 I mean, minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just to get, just to get one. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it took off and landed a few times, and the cowboys opened fire with rifles and killed the monster. Hmm. And it's funny because there actually is a photo of them all standing around this thing, like, with it dead. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm a little, the photo that they've uploaded here is like a digital scan of the original and, um, which we'll try to, if you go out to, uh, just Google Arizona Thunderbird, I'm sure we'll come across it too, but it really, to me, the photo in this particular website, it looks like what's that place where you can go that like does old timey shots. Like you, they put you in old timey clothes and stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, just in Tombstone, Sarah and I have one because we went down to Tombstone a year or two ago and we got one done. So, uh, I mean, there. the the reason I bring that up is because the detail of the people 
in the shot is very um, hot. Like, it's just the high detail of the people. But the creature and even the horse that's in the shot is just like, it's very drawn looking, is what I would say. So, it, it, it for me, looking at the picture, it looks like, eh, this may not be a legit picture. But anyways, it's still the story that they shot it, they killed it, they posed for a picture for 25 minutes. Um, so the enormous wingspan of the creature was said to have been a 160 feet. And the body was more than 92 feet long. Man, it is definitely, its wings are social distancing from each other very well. <laughs> Um, it was smooth and featherless, more like a bat than a bird. Uh, the cowboys uh, cut off a piece of the wing and brought it with them to Tombstone, Arizona. Uh, or at least that's how the story was allegedly told in April 1892, issue of the Tombstone newspaper, The Epitaph. Epit epitaph. Um, so this was the actually only mention of the story and it gave all the appearance of the tall tales that were often written in the Western newspapers of the era, which makes the story different, though, is that it was given rise to an odd modern legend. So um, I wonder how many of those kind of quote-unquote tall tale type stuff were dismissed back then, but maybe should be reevaluated now. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, now... You know, you're you're also around that time where these exhibits were the entertainment. I mean, you know, that's what was popular. You know, the Barnum and Bailey Circus type stuff yeah. with those freaks, and then you've got all the Western shows and all those things. So stuff like that was an easy way to make money for sure. So, so in September 1963, in an issue of uh, the magazine Fate. Uh, a writer named H.M. Cranmer would state that not only was the story true, but that the photo was published and held uh, and had appeared in newspapers all over America. Uh, Cranmer would not be the only one who remembered the photo. Eminent 14 times new researcher Ivan T. Sanderson, mm -hmm, which I have that name. One, yeah, one of his books laying over here next to me, uh, also remembered seeing the photo and, in fact, even claimed to have once had a photocopy of it that he loaned to two associates who lost it. Oh. The editors of fate even came to believe that they may have published the photo in an earlier issue because the magazine started in 1948, but a search through back issues uh, failed to reveal it. Meanwhile, the original, <clears throat> excuse me, epitaph story, uh, which mentions no photograph was revived in a 1969 issue of old West further confusing the issue as to whether or not the photo was real or not. So uh, I suspect that the photo in this particular article is in fact a recreation in an attempt to just give some color, if you will, to the story. Sure. So, uh, but even what's that? I said to something that's black and white. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's more like the old timey kind of like, uh, oranges color you know we take that <laughs> old sepia picture. tone yeah mm -hmm. um but apparently like even keel wrote about it uh john keel um it says uh, uh keel also remembers the photo in the same way that most of us do with men wearing cowboy clothing and the bird looking like a pterodactyl or some prehistoric wing creature 
Uh, it says, interesting, Hill's writings prompted a memory from W. Ritchie Benedict, who recalled seeing Ivan T. Sanderson displaying the photo on a Canadian television show. Unfortunately, no copies of the show have ever been found. Because <laughs> <laughs> so everybody remembers seeing it somewhere, but that somewhere cannot be found. So That's the Mandela effect, man. That's it really the- <laughs> is. It really is. That's exactly what that sounds like, that everybody remembers this picture, yet you can't find it. Right. What's what's that um, The movie The Shadow, mm-hmm. um, where the dude takes over? And sorry, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's a fantastic movie. But the guy takes over a building and makes it disappear, and he basically you know hypnotizes everybody in the city to not see the building and so i mean it's kind of the same thing right it's just basically they somehow like they they know they've seen it but they can't think of where or where it is or where the huge beats yep that's exactly that's exactly it so yeah so that is the uh the arizona thunderbird Sound effects brought to you by Stephen Gearhart. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Moving on to the next item on the list. Um, this is the uh, n- another haunt. This is the Jerome Grand Hotel. Ooh, yeah. I'm trying to go to Jerome uh, Easter weekend, so I'm hoping I can go into the hotel. I don't know. It's looking kind of crazy and expensive, too. Uh, we couldn't stay there. But it's looking kind of expensive to do a ghost tour, and I don't know if I can afford yeah. it. So support I mean, fearscape.com I- <laughs> slash support. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so the uh, Jerome Grand Hotel actually started as the United uh, Verde Hospital in 1926 to 1950. Um, so just the uh, just right there, thinking, okay, this place started as a hospital for t- uh, 24 years. Um, and then they converted it to a hotel. So you know that there's just how many people died there for 24 years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just, um, so it's really interesting that it kind of like sits, it sits oddly in the town and that it kind of is on top of this mound and it just kind of peeks out over the cliff, if you will, off the side of this mountain. Um, you know, the, the, uh, see here the strange location for the fourth and last hospital built now the jerome grand hotel was due to due to the known stability of the ground the building plans are dated february 1926 and this thirty thousand square feet poured in place concrete building was opened in january 1927 mm-hmm. yeah so not only is the hotel haunted by the way but jerome is considered the most haunted town in america on some lists the entire town because of all the mines and all the mine yeah. tragedies yeah. Uh, because it was a mining town back when people would just show up and make mines, not these big companies using right. regulations and things like that. And so many people died trying to find copper and gold and everything under the sun that the town itself is supposed to be haunted as all get out. So yeah, it's another one to hit up on the list mm-hmm. for me anyway. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna scope it out a little bit. I don't know what I'm gonna be able to do while I'm there, but it's I'm gonna check it out. So, so it, it says that you know it's a, one of the questions it asks here. You know, is the hotel haunted? So any good historic building should have some mystery to offer. Most buildings that have been around a long time will have some rumors and gossip. Well, 
the Jerome Grand Hotel has the perfect storm for rumors and gossip. And some strange occurrences have been documented over the years. It was originally a hospital built on a, sleep, a steep slope looming over the town. Um, most kids in town were marched up to the hospital for any inoculations they received. And when one of the family was sick, they would all have to visit the hospital. The hospital was closed in 1915 over the years, gained the patina and feel of having been abandoned and left to the elements. Then the official closing of the mining operations in Jerome in 1953, the entire town took an ominous look and feel. Hmm. You know what? The the town, and I don't, I don't know. I wonder where the town was based for the Frighteners, because it kind of has that same kind of stair step feel for if you think about the movie the frighteners where like mm-hmm. it's like very stair steppy and like how the town is structured and jerome has that very i wonder if they used jerome for some of the shots that they did for the frighteners i don't know but it is weird that uh this is the second week in a row you've brought up the frighteners <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna tell me this time that bill murray was a guest cameo in it no nope. and he also played a ghost hunter Nope, but Christina Ricci was in it. She was hanging out with this dude named Casper. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, so there's been like some TV shows that have done stuff there. Um, uh, there's uh, the head nurse or the nurse in charge uh, was upset with the removal of the desks, and apparently she wreaks havoc. Um, so, yeah, it's just a another one of those. I'm sure that there are just tons of stories and things that have happened to guests uh, throughout the years um, that, you know, probably weren't you, our listener, mm-hmm. going and checking it out from time to you know, sometime. I mean, it, it, plus, if you just like to stay at old hotels, you know, or old buildings or the, to see the architecture and everything, it's just it's just amazing. Even the, the pictures that I'm looking at of the hotel are just phenomenal so yeah very very cool what right strangeness do we have senior josh o yeah so uh moving on this is one that uh you went and looked at recently but you can't look you can't really get too close to it and that's the dreamy draw dam yeah i was kind of surprised i thought you'd be able to since there's no water there yeah <laughs> so there's this dam there so and right, you, and I mean, you, this is like ten minutes from my house, by the way. And you were when you were taking me back to the airport, uh, you were showing me like this is where it was. And so, uh, according to those in the know, uh, an alien craft rocketed through the Earth's atmosphere in October of 1947 and dove for the American Southwest, misjudged its landing, and made an unscheduled and permanent stop in Lower Arizona. Apparently, the ship's pilots overestimated their altitude encountered mechanical failure or simply fell into the hyperspace hypnosis and slammed heading into the head on into the desert um so you know the story goes that there was basically there's this crash the army corps of engineer uh it goes out hauls away um the builder material and builds a builds a dam uh, where there is no water. Yeah, and they're all like, well, it's for runoff. And I'm like, even the, the mountains, I wouldn't even call them mountains because it's already up elevated. So it's like they're kind of just hills. Like they're 
there are much bigger <laughs> places that could use the dam to stop any potential rainwater that never falls. It's just an odd location. It's right it, it's right with like right near the Phoenix Mountain preserves and it's just it's weird. It's weird. And then when I was there, I think I mentioned this on the show, but when I was there, it's like I I felt the ground rumble and then looked over and rocks were rolling down and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so <clears throat> um yeah, so the you know the big thing is is that apparently they didn't really haul the craft away. They just buried it and that's why the dam is there. And and you know, like you you told me even that there's signs posted all over the place that oh. says no trespassing federal land. I mean, within like every 5 feet there's a big sign on this very small area. And of course a big wooden sign that says Army uh, Corps of Engineers Dreamy Draw Dam and there's a gate that goes up to where you can see. I'm not sure why that gate is blocked. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. There's uh, it's weird. It's just weird. So, um the, it says there that like the really kicker kicker thing here is though is that <clears throat> the dam wasn't built until 1973. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, just because the dam wasn't built till 1973 doesn't mean that there wasn't a mound of dirt that was buried well, over true. a craft. Yeah, that's because I had one naysayer I was talking to about it, and they were like, "Well, this wasn't even built till the 1970s." I'm like, "Yeah, but that doesn't mean there wasn't a mound of dirt that was there." True, like that they had yeah. buried, and then they were like, "You know what? We should probably cover this up and make, make sure this more official." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, and and apparently, so this this goes on to talk about there's a hum beneath the dam. Um, it, it says, "I was, you know, wondering if you'd heard anything about a place called the Dreamy Draw Recreation Area." I drove drive buy it every day on the way to and from school it's in phoenix off of sr 51 in north avenue northern avenue mm-hmm. a place was kind of funny name so i searched on google and tried to learn more about it boy it was on his first surprise there's a wild rumor that a dreamy draw recreation area blah, 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 stuff we just talked about but the government supposedly took over the investigation and later built the dreamy draw dam on top of the crash site some speculate that it was not needed for flood control purposes at all like you just said um, so yeah, there's this, uh, I th- thought that, here we go. Uh, there are large concrete box with fence on three sides. I guess that's the viewing area that you spoke mm-hmm. of. Yeah. You can go um, on either side of it. So apparently this person went out <laughs> on it. <laughs> Cause they got well, I mean, big- here's the thing I looked, I didn't see any cameras, so it's really just signage at the end of the day. I mean, I wasn't detailed looking because it does butt up against a little bit of a, a hill. So maybe there's something there. I don't know. Yeah. I was just kind of driving by. So, But um, this person reports that they hear a steady, low-pitched humming noise. Uh, they can't figure out what it is. If if it really is a UFO buried beneath this thing, is it like still running? Um, so... You know, it's not too far from the airport, uh, so maybe it's just reverberating airplanes taking off. I don't know, but no, it's it's further than that from the airport. I mean, it's not that close to the airport where it would do that. So, so yeah, I mean, it, definitely not. I mean, like, I would, I am surprised. Well, I guess I'm not surprised. So I feel like. If anybody like Brian Hansen or anybody else has done any type of UFO type show, if they've tried to get permissions to go out and investigate here, and if they were denied, what was the reason given? Because well, I we feel were like, talking about maybe we should try to do a Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, 
draw because it's through the Army Corps of Engineers, so it might be yeah. easier to... Maybe they'll have specs on what they did, what they built. So, although I mean, and this is gonna this is gonna sound very conspiracy theory of me, but they could even have blueprints on file that are not anything. You know what I'm saying? Like they drew blueprints yeah. up, but they didn't actually do what the blueprint said. So, what you might get back may not necessarily be a closed, you know, case situation. So, right. All right. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to um, talk about is the Black Mist of Casa Grande Mountain. Ooh, so uh, it's interesting that we talked about Jerome and we're talking about Casa Grande, or as some people call here, Casa Grande, um, <laughs> is because when we talked to Longhorn Paranormal, because, you know, Stephen and uh, the lady that wasn't on the show, um, they're both from Phoenix, and that's where they went down to those big creepy domes down in Casa Grande. So those are down there, and they've been up to Jerome a number of times. So very interesting that both Jerome and Casa Grande, uh, Casa Grande were on here. So I just find that interesting. I'm going to have to ask you to start calling it Casa Grande. It's not Casa I don't know. I, I've heard both, but I've been, and it's funny because I've been yelled at for both because it's like my brother was like, no, they call it Casa Grande. And then I called it Casa Grande and people at work were like, uh, it's called Casa Grande. And then another person was like, no, it's Casa Grande. And I'm like, D- okay, is this like Louisville, Louisville, Louisville? You know, I'm like, what's happening no. here? Is this okay? A- is this is all the, the gr- white people saying Casa Grande? Because that sounds like something my dad would say. Yeah, we're going out to Casa Grande. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Because the Grand Canyon is not spelled with an E on the end. Mm-hmm. Grand with an E on the end is pronounced Grande. Then it'd probably be like Casa Grande. Um, I don't know. My dad calls a quesadilla a casadilla. Well, I'm surprised he doesn't say casadilla. He also calls Jabba the Hutt Jabba the Hutt. I'm like, are you... <laughs> Are you Lando Calrissian over here? Because I know you're calling Han Solo Han Solo. There's, I don't even have to ask. I already know. I already know. <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> um, it says that, uh, so this says, while it seems somewhat harmless during the day, the desert can become a very scary place after dark. Uh, the hunting animals come out and seek to catch their prey, probably snakes and scorpions. Um, the rocky, uneven landscape becomes challenging to the unexperienced, to the even to the experienced hiker. And outside of the big cities, desert temperatures can decrease dramatically overnight. Yeah, we noticed that. Um, but there seem to be all sorts of strange and inexplicable occurrences. One which appears to be that of an unusual black mist. Ooh, that makes me think about our creepy ketchup with the uh-huh. stuff coming over the. Yeah, because um, it just sat there while everything else was moving. Yeah. So the black mist said to hang around Casa Grande Mountain, located in the town of Casa Grande between Phoenix and Tucson. Visitors to the park described the mist as appearing at nighttime on the roads around the base of the mountain, dark and ethereal. It follows anyone it discovers in the area. Stop and it will engulf you plaguing you with terribly uneasy feelings. Several theories try to explain what causes this phenomenon, though none quite fit the bill. The nearby Elsie Pearson shooting range could be the culprit, as older firearms tend to get off lots of smoke with just, Jesus Christ. Do you realize how many freaking people would have to give off that much black powder 
residue that would float around in a freaking cloud to engulf someone. Arizona is the Kentucky of the West, my friend. Lots of guns out here. <laughs> I know, but still. And the, and the air out here is stagnant. So it's not like Kentucky where the wind blows well, a lot. Here it sits. Like we have air quality alerts, not because there's a ton of pollution. It's similar to most cities, but it sits in the air because wind doesn't blow a lot. So But still, that it's not new guns. It's like old stuff that like uses black powder. So anyways, I mean it's like old western type guns. Like that would that would be have to be what so it's like Knob is Creek. I mean be like, you know, the Knob Creek event, I'm sure it's crazy down there in Kentucky and during Knob Creek <laughs> shooting days. So I've been down there during Knob Creek shooting days and I've never seen a black mist that follows me home. You were in Kentucky, not Arizona. We just had this conversation. <laughs> I've seen a white mist follow me home. But anyway, so Whoa. <laughs> um so uh, the visitors to the park described the mist as appearing at nighttime on the roads around the base of the mountain. Um, several theories, da, 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 because of the area was originally home to the Hohokam Indians. Sorry, Hohokam Native Americans. Yeah, those uh, that same group was, I believe, the same group that is represented there at Roosevelt Lake at the cliff dwellings, I'm pretty sure. Oh, cool. Some believe the mist is in some way related to the ancient civilization. After all, their complete and unexplained disappearance by about 1100 AD is just a big mystery as the black mist itself. We actually talked, I think, about the black mist uh, back when we covered uh, the Skinwalker Ranch episode because there's some mentions oh, of the black right. mist yeah. in Skinwalker Ranch, um, which is also very, you know, kind of deserty type area. So I'm just, you know, you know, and also that's the Uniton, I think, um, basin, which is for the Uniton, uh, you know, tribe. And so it makes me wonder if this is somewhat not necessarily Native American in origin, but maybe they knew about it. Right. As part of their history stuff so well it could be I mean, it could be some sort of lore that exists, you know, out there that maybe more interconnected than we realize yeah yeah um this this actually describes it as so it um compared to a regular ghost the mist wouldn't be quite as scary having no face in retrospect i'm not sure that's true so it's kind of like almost like a ghost if you want to say it that way but like no figure or form it's just floating um the other thing it makes me think about it, and I don't know, I feel like people who were engulfed in it would know this to be true, but a swarm of flies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a plague. I mean, almost. But I feel like if you were engulfed in a swarm of flies, you would know it was a swarm of flies, but but I don't know. Maybe Maybe the mind does weird things when you're engulfed in a swarm of flies. But I but I have heard about swarms of bugs in the desert. So yeah, for sure. So yeah, so that's the uh, the black mist of Casa Grande. That <laughs> Casa Grande, the black mist of Casa Grande. <laughs> uh, but no, that that covers our Arizona high strangeness, man, and uh, and of course. And- and that's like five things out of like probably yeah. hundred. I mean, like we said, so. we just you know we did a whole episode uh, just on the Phoenix Lights back in the day. Yeah, um, and I mean, let me just let me just run through some things on the list that we didn't even touch on. You got the Meteor Crater, Montezuma's Castle, Signal Hill, Chupacabra, uh, Boot Hill, uh, the 
Canyon Diablo. Okay, that just sounds, yeah. Skinwalkers, Spider Rock, The Birdcage Theater for Ghosts, Yuma Prison. Um, let's see, Local Legends, Curse of the Petrified Forest, La Llorona, um, you know, Biosphere 2, Camelback Castle. There's just all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, um, we barely, uh, like I said the other day on, on Facebook, we only looked at, uh, you know, one needle on the cactus, so to speak. So, <laughs> I think the Jersey Devil would have approved of that one. Yeah, well, he's not here. And uh, so I guess the Kentucky version would be like, we only got one leaf on the tobacco stalk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, or more bourbon related. I guess. Is there something? Know. We only got know. one scoop of mash in the bourbon? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Now I want mashed potatoes. Um, but <laughs> regardless, let's get out of here, Josh. Thank you for sharing that. Um, wonderful uh great great information and like i said this weird us site is amazing there's so yeah. much cool stuff to just check out if you're just interested in your own state or uh you know it's something i like to look at if i go on vacation um same thing with the atlas obscura like there's a number of those cool websites where you can kind of check roadside or road trips or roadsideattractions.com or something like that and they got weird stuff to, it's just great yeah good stuff yep um but before we get out of here i want to get to our uh listener story um that comes from a listener named clint out of louisville kentucky actually and uh it's a good and spooky one um but don't forget you can send your listener stories to us at any time fearscape podcast uh at gmail.com you know or just go to the website or find us wherever the million places we're at um but yeah here's here's clint's story uh from kentucky my name is Clint. I lived in Louisville, Kentucky from 2012 to 2018. My roommate is a true believer, uh, well, a fan of ghost hunters, paranormal activity and stuff like that. I came home from work to find him on the couch with a PKG from UPS and he's like, I got it, I got it. And I say, what? And he says, a spirit box, of course. I've, I've seen different movies and series, but I'm not 100% uh, on the whole idea behind ghost hunting and stuff, but he's pumped. He's pumped. Uh, so one Friday night, neither of us are doing anything. The house next door has been abandoned since 2009, so he asks me if we want to try out the spirit box. And Well, I only go out of boredom. And I'm saying this way because I'm just, you know, I'm telling you, I don't really believe, especially back then. But we go in, and of course the place is trashed. And he starts talking to the air, and I'm thinking, this is the best we can do in Louisville on a Friday night? We move around the downstairs area quite a bit, and about halfway up the second floor stairwell, we come back through, and he stops in the living room, and he says he just got cold. And I'm like, I'm not cold. But he says, is there anyone in here? Is there anyone there? And after a few seconds of nothing, we leave and go back over to the house. Now remember, I said, I didn't believe. He starts to play back on our adventure on the recordings that we took. And I hear a child whisper, help me. The hair on the back of my neck stood straight up. When I asked, he said he didn't hear it. I made him sit on the couch, and I played it from the table just like he did. It was on there, and like I said, it was a child's voice. So we go over to that house the next morning when it was light. 
and it was remarkable the amount of coloring books of toys and children's clothes that were all strung out over the floor. There's a small closet, maybe four foot by two foot underneath the stairway, and it's caulked shut. Now, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying that that child was saying, help me, and it maybe was coming from underneath that stairwell. I'll tell you what, I do believe in spirits now because this affirmed it for me. Well, yeah, I love when a non-believer gets believing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Also, as a parent, or I mean, I guess you don't have to be a parent, but it just I feel for that child. Oh, yeah. Especially if something did happen. And, you know, and it may not have necessarily uh, have died or anything in there. It could be residual energy from trauma or stress of maybe it got, you know, just trapped under there. Maybe they couldn't find the kid. We don't know the story. Regardless, it was enough for a, a, you know, a spirit to to echo through time. Help me. Yeah. So thank you. Uh. Thank you, Clint, for uh, sending that to us. And, whew, man, that's a good one. So, again, sure. reminder, fearscapepodcast at gmail.com or go to fearscapepodcast.com. Send those in. Also, we are going to get out of here. But before we do, just a reminder, we are still in March. We are still raising money for the Fearscape Media Network. You can uh, donate anything that you want, you know, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever uh, anything to help us out you can go straight to fearscapepodcast.com slash support or fearscapemedia.com slash support or go to either of those slash store pick up a t-shirt or a mug or a sticker yep. any of those things all his money goes to help out the network and if you want it to strictly go to our podcast just let us know in the byline uh, that it, you want it to go straight to fearscape um, but yeah thank you guys so much for uh, coming out to the tarot reading we you know had some fun with that um, and for those of you that have already donated, we appreciate it. We love our blanket huggers, man. We really, really do. Um, but, uh, Josh, before we get out of here, you got anything else to say? No, just a reminder that anytime you had an opportunity to, you know, review the show, uh, on wherever you have the ability to review, uh, I think we've talked about, you know, Apple has it, you know, we mm-hmm. we actually switched over, um, for, for hosting now we're on Podbean, and, and you can actually go out and follow us on Podbean and, and rate us on Podbean as well now. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, anything that, anything that you can do to help, uh, show other people that, uh, you know, you like our content, you like what we bring you and, and, uh, it helps us out. Yep. Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, big thanks again to Shane Hurd for coming out and hanging out with us while you were in Arizona and to MUFON because he is our representation of MUFON. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. This has been Stefan. I will catch you on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky. When you're listening to Fearscape, good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. Please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. Fearscapepodcast.com forward slash support.